0: Hello everyone, welcome back to the Socially Distance Close-Up's Israel Edition podcast series. I'm your host, Rachel Alexander, and today I'm joined by Alon Galtman, the Director of Peace of Mind Program at the Israel Center for the Treatment of Psychotrauma. For those listening to the podcast, Alon's Peace of Mind Program supports IVF veterans as they transition to civilian life. It also includes programs for treatment-resistant veterans with PTSD, trauma care for members of the Ethiopian community, and a children's emotion regulation clinic. Alon and the Peace of Mind team have been working hard since the pandemic hit to adjust their programs in order to continue offering support and treatment for those who need it. I chose to interview Alon since I was so fascinated by his experiences as a psychologist and as a director of such a powerful healing program that focuses on a group of people that I think are largely skim over that sometimes and skim over healing. And uh, I just really wanted to hear about all your professional experiences. Hello. We're happy to have you here today.
1: Happy to be here, very much. Just to touch on something small, my major experience is with IDF Veterans. The organization deals with all the populations that you had discussed and we have done a lot of work on those areas and since the pandemic hit, definitely as well.
0: Right. Yeah, well first, I'm just really interested in how you got to where you are and like a a brief story of Mm -hmm. how you ended up here.
1: Okay, like any other story, it starts by coincidence. So I finished my BA in psychology in Be'er Sheva and saw a small ad of some trauma center looking for someone to help with small children and adults in Sderot, in the south of Israel, where rockets hit almost on a daily basis for years and they're still happening, and just picked up the phone and got there and got to the center and then found out that there have been a little bit of experience with trying to work with IDEA Veterans as they transitioned. I was very interested in that and that was 13 years ago and here I am now still still in the trauma center and still working with the, that same population with a program that almost didn't exist back then.
0: Wow so what was that what was the expansion of the program like? or?
1: So I think it started in the beginning with the understanding that there's a very big population in Israel who are combat IDF veterans, who experience very significant and sometimes very severe experiences during their military service. And nobody even stops at the end and asks them, how are you? How was this for you? What are you leaving the service for? I mean, you served me, uh, an Israeli citizen, the Jewish people all together. Didn't, we never asked you how you were. And that began with the understanding that it took a while for that understanding to hit. But today, just to give a, a brief feeling, we have worked with 120 groups of such veterans that serve together. And we have 120 groups in our waiting list who have turned to us to go through this process. So people are now seeking that. Back then, it was a novel idea that we were trying to present. And at the beginning, we worked with a group or two groups in in a year. Last year we worked with 25 groups in one year and this year we're even planning on doing more and expanding the services that we provide to these people. Something has grown in society altogether.
0: Yeah, that's great. Are there other programs like yours in terms of, of support for IDF veterans?
1: So there's another program that we started together and as Good Jews parted ways after the first program we did together, but we do s- some similar work and there are more and more workshops and more and more services not similar to our work but trying to treat that transition period between the service and the compulsory service and the transition to civilian life many many times people i mean the coin drops only when you're 27 or 30 even though that happened when you're 21 that transition so there now really in the past few months in the past year things are growing drastically in that field
0: That's great. I'm really interested in what obstacles you faced as maybe since it started with with less societal focus on this, like what's that been like and what what challenges have come, have you come across?
1: Just to give a short brief, what we do with these groups is basically a, a very intensive workshop of enabling them to speak about their military experiences. Many times they're very traumatic experiences. Sometimes, by the way, at the beginning, without using those terms at the beginning of the discussion because many combat soldiers and after they're out of the military at the age of 25, you don't want, I mean, they're not looking for a trauma therapist to talk about their traumas from the military. They're looking to go abroad to India or to South America to do their thing and then to come back and and learn or whatever it is and go on with their life. And at the beginning, one of the difficulties was even presenting the idea of the need of what this can be of a place that nobody asked you, as I said before, nobody asked you how you're doing and what's going on with you. And wait a minute, you're seriously asking and you're not asking as a trauma therapist that's looking for the problems and the traumas and whatever it is just to really hear where I am and what we can do with it and not only that we're working mainly up until now mainly with men who have served in these units a group of men were basically telling them let's sit around let's talk about your feelings and let's talk about the experiences the difficult experiences you've had and that was a very novel experience for us then definitely for the participants and we've grown a lot on how to do that and how to be able to make that service much more available and much more easy for these people to actually get. At the beginning, it was even presenting the need. What's the need? We, we basically, part of what we do is we take th- this group of 15 to 20 men. Usually it's men. We had a few mixed groups. We take them abroad and we're hosted by Jewish communities outside of Israel for a week of these very intensive workshops and many times we needed to present what the need is. Are they suffering from PTSD? Are they really not functioning? Are they, what's wrong with them? And basically what we told them is that, I mean, it's a team that served together. We have everyone there. Some are dealing with more challenges possibly than the others. Some might even be suffering from PTSD, but they just served our country. They served our nation and now they're here. We want to hear how that was for them and what we can do for them that's the concept and it was very novel and sometimes still is
0: that's really interesting I can definitely see the like stigmas with like mental health work in America for sure and I'm sure there's they I can hear from what you're saying they exist in Israel too especially the, I always think it's so interesting in terms of this like the mental health like i saw some video online talking about how the bar is always so high so i was like what's like what's broken like what's and it's expecting like a very severe answer mm-hmm. which is like physical health like if you have a cold and you're not feeling well like you'd still go to a doctor but with mental health it's like what can i see that's wrong with you and if it's not there it's like we don't always get it
1: not registered yes yeah. absolutely when it's at least as common as physical illnesses even right. really cold. Yeah. right Maybe.
0: That's great that you're working to, to address the stigma.
1: Absolutely, and I think specifically in a very difficult population to do that in, the population of, of veterans altogether. Right. Sometimes it has all kinds of consequences or they're afraid it will have all kinds of consequences on their civilian life and definitely on their military and reserve duty life. And that's also another, definitely a big issue. Things are changing in society in that stigma and in that understanding. Definitely in the past decade, I feel in the past few years, even even more.
0: Yeah, definitely. I hope to say even during like the pandemic, at least here in terms of like, I think losing so many outlets (laughs) for Mm -hmm. mental health support in terms of like seeing friends and family, I think has made at least like people closer to me more like, oh, this is something we we need to take seriously, which has been-
1: Absolutely. Good.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. I'm I'm also interested in if there are core values that help guide like your decisions, like how you got into this work, like what values like pushed you to join Mm -hmm. this field?
1: I was interested in the field of trauma altogether years and years back. I think what draw me to what drew me to it in the first place, and things change as your career develops. But what, what drew me to it is the fact that your very difficult experiences, there's a lot of background noise in your life and all kinds of ideas and thoughts and things like that, really are pushed aside, and something is is made very, very almost violently clear of the meaning of "Wait a minute, what's really the most important to me?" What's really my my understanding? What, what Where do I want to be? What's my highest priorities? And something drew me in the fact that a lot of noise is pushed away and something becomes much more clear. And the meaning, what kind of meaning am I looking for? And what gives meaning to my life and where I can find those things, that drew me in the first place. I think what as the years go by and as the, the career develops are the understanding that just like you said it now, understanding that people around me are dealing with all kinds of things. And usually they don't have many, many times the outlets of, you know, I'm just a little not well. I went through something very, very difficult, but I'm okay. But just now it's, it's just, wait a minute. Why don't we as a society, why don't I as a person give you a place for that? I need places for that. You of course need places for that. And that's something in a very, very humane and very basic connection is what drives me now, I think.
0: I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think when you're saying like we're like we're not having a place for that, I think that's super interesting, and think that's like so common. I think that's all how we fall into like the traps of the stigma or like <clears throat> pushing it under the rug because like there's no place for it. So then, then what
1: do you do? You
0: <laughs> you just keep it.
1: Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and try to survive basically.
0: Right. I'm a big fan of healing and mental health work, and another video. <laughs> Because I watched a lot of videos. Uh, another video I was watching, I oh, talked about how like holding on to it and surviving versus like thriving or, or trying to heal. And, like the, like it's just a different state of mind when like it's also so hard to recognize on your own. You know, like if you're holding on to something and just surviving, how can you keep going? Without... Perspire,
1: yes, right, right. And many times it's interesting because many times what we talk about with these combat veterans is the fact that they learned how to survive. Basically, mm. first of all, as Israelis, definitely as combat veterans, and sometimes in very, very minor things, that's what drives them still. And that survival is something that many times until we say that and we say, yeah, there's a possibility for surviving and there's a possibility for well-being and there's a possibility for just seeing how you can just be. And even the, the idea there, just a few months ago, there was a workshop that we did and one of the guys sat there and said, you can see his whole body relaxed once I presented that opportunity. I didn't know that existed. Yeah. What do you mean? Well, what do you mean? Yeah, and, ah, okay. That can that can happen. And I like to ask them many times, how many times do you go back and forth from the trunk of your car when you're back f- with groceries from the supermarket to your house? And veterans have only one ha- one answer. They go once, no matter what they need to carry. They'll go once, whatever it is, but they'll go once. Why? Because that's how you need to do it. Okay. And, and sometimes when you stop and ask those very small things, wait a minute, but I have another option didn't even see it creating that space and creating more possibilities altogether more degrees of freedom is something that goes very very deep inside into that experience of, of survival or well-being or, or just being here
0: right more degrees of freedom that's super interesting i think that's mm-hmm. a really good way to describe it because i think it's not like when people go through these experiences it, it like we we're saying before it's hard to realize without talking to someone else it's not like i they think they're they're living in an unfree place. They're just living in like the lowest degree of freedom that you can, because it's at the level of survival. And there's like so many other degrees.
1: Absolutely, the fascinating thing about this is that many times the way you described it just now, and and that's interesting because sometimes on the outside, that's how it seems, that they're living on the lowest level, Mm -hmm. right? But for them, the feeling is, this is life. Right. And this is me as the best I can. Sometimes do right. will see tweaks in the system and all kinds of things like that. But this is life. It's not a degree of it's what are you talking about? Okay. And yeah. you need to sit down and talk about that to understand there are other options. Yeah.
0: yeah. That's really interesting. I'm also curious about advice that you if you Like what's the, the best piece of advice you've received in this, either in this field of work or, or any advice that's really stuck with you in terms of, in terms of what you do.
1: Good question. Not an easy one, I think. Mm -hmm. I think, and that's something interesting for trauma treatment altogether. I heard, I had a conversation with Professor Danny Brum, he's the founding director of the center, and we discussed it, and at some point he said, you know, the most difficult thing to do is to continue listening. And when you're talking about treatment of trauma victims and talking about people who have gone through very, very difficult experiences, to continue listening is not only to continue to listen, it's to really be there and listen, and to be there with someone who has gone through what he's now telling you and to witness that together with him and to still, like we said before, be that human, that person that he can be with, who can actually listen to that, who can be with him there. And I think that's a piece of, I don't know if to call it an advice, but it's a piece, it's an idea that I took with me and and drew the fact when we're talking about, definitely about veterans, and their transition between that hat of being a veteran to the hat of being a civilian or just a person without the uniform back to being a person. It's something that I feel that I need to, 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 to keep that quality all the time there and all the time present for that transition to be real, to touch in these places. That's something that's really stuck with me.
0: I like that a lot. Thinking of transitions, I'm also interested in, in as someone who's a very unique perspective, I think on Israel and in Israeli culture, especially in terms of mental health. Um, but also just broader in terms of your experiences in Israel. If a young professional were to move to Israel, what would your advice be to them?
1: take it slow. First of all, there's something about the, I think it's even if we're talking just like we're talking now about the different the differences between that survival mode, which many times a lot of Israelis are in that survival mode, not even understanding that. I think just a little bit of understanding that that's something we experience here almost on a daily basis many times. And even now in just the past few weeks, the, the Gaza border is, is heating up and the North, things are happening. And, and of course the pandemic and it's always something going on. And it's very easy to get driven as Israelis to get driven to that mindset of survival. And many times it's very difficult to relate to that to begin with. And on the other side, many times just regulating those stresses is something that you really need to find a way to do before you're actually available to to look at, okay, where do I want my career to go? How, what steps do I want to take here once I'm here and, and such? But you're asking a trauma therapist what he'd say. So that's my perspective right now.
0: Thank you. I appreciate that. I am asking trauma therapist, and that's good. I want, I want a (laughs) trauma therapist response. That's our last question. Thank you so much for sharing your story uh, with Career Up Now Social Distance Podcast. I really appreciate your perspective on mental health and trauma work, and inspired by your how calm you are and how determined you are to overcome these stigmas and, and to help people who really need the help and think that it's such important work.
1: Thank you very much.